Welcome to the Beyond Green 365 podcast. This podcast educates homeowners on how to make healthier choices when updating, remodeling, or building a new home. Step Beyond Green to Healthy supports, advocates, and educates for healthier indoor environments. We make every effort to offer healthier options and learning opportunities. However, our assistance is not specific medical advice for any one person and or medical condition. For specific medical advice, please contact your physician. The content provided by Step Beyond Green to Healthy is for your information only. Any application of this information is your responsibility entirely. Here is your host, Jonathan Sinovic. Welcome everybody to this week's episode. I had a chance to sit down with Tyson Miller, a landscape architect, and discuss outdoor spaces. Tyson is actually a Wisconsin native from Bayview, Wisconsin. He grew up in the Boy Scouts where his love for the outdoors was found, and so much so that he decided that he wanted to play for the golf team. That golf team he took to state in high school, and with that love of golf and his passion for the outdoors, he decided to attend Michigan State University where he studied landscape architecture. After graduating from Michigan State University, he found himself in a suburb of Chicago practicing that where he met his lovely wife, Eventually then, decided that they wanted to have a family, moved back to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and has been here ever since. Tyson's passion for the outdoor has driven him to create some of the most incredible designs for Villani Land Shapers. With that being said, let's talk about healthy landscaping with Tyson. All right, we've got Tyson Miller back with us today after an exhilarating podcast a couple of podcasts ago talking about uh, natural uh, timing of nature and natural products. This today, though, we got a, we got kind of a really fun fun topic, and I think it's something that, I mean, everybody can relate to. I think we've seen a change. We're, we're going to be talking about going from the inside to the outside and the change uh, in the lands, in landscaping over the last, I don't know, 20 years or yeah, so. I would say that's um, right. Yeah. And how we can, and maybe some tips on how to do, to make healthier choices. Sure, sure. So <laughs> off the air, we were talking about the fact that when I was younger, <laughs> uh, we had these subdivisions that, you know, had these half acre, acre backyards. Yeah. We had a fence line around three sides or four sure. sides, vast amount of grass, mm-hmm. a deck, and the swing set in the corner. And I mm-hmm. think everybody right now in the audience can go, yeah, I can visualize that. I come out the backyard, sit now standing on the deck. Yep. I see grass and I see the, the, the swing set. Well, that's not the case today. Well, the the, the first thing to remember about that uh, that particular space is everybody wants low maintenance. Everybody's lives are, are busy these days. And, and having something, one thing I hear the most is low maintenance, Tyson. I, I want a low maintenance landscape. And the most high-maintenance product in a landscape, it's kind of a catch-22 because everybody loves their lawns, but they're also the highest maintenance. They require the most amount of water, most amount of uh, fertilizer, most amount of uh, maintenance. you got to mow them every four to five days when it's peak season growing. And uh, limiting those spaces uh, a little bit can also... uh, you know, limit and still make it a usable space, but limit uh, limit the time you need to to do the upkeep part of it. So we've we've started to transition into more um, more planting spaces, um, more outdoor living hardscape spaces. Whether that's an extension of the indoor space, we have these great rooms in a lot of modern houses now where you've got this big open area and it's got a kitchen area, it's got a living area, it's got a dining area, and you can. We recreate that outside. We do it um, 
with a patio space. We've got a fire pit area. We've got a kitchen, an outdoor kitchen, a grill area, um, uh, a table for people, for the family to sit down and have dinner, and then um, finish that off with landscape lighting, low voltage LED lighting, um, very green product. You can run a whole system uh, on a typical uh, half acre lot for the same energy cost that it would be to have, um, you know, two spotlights on. And you can have your whole outside uh, lit up ornamentally and also functionally for the, for the extended evening space that you can then carry for parties or, or just, just great family time out there. Sure. So let me, let me go back a little bit. Yeah. So you mean me spending an hour and a half mowing my lawn sure. may not be the most effective use of my time? Is that, is that what you're implying? Well, I mean, that's what I, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I, that's certainly what we hear. Yeah, uh, exactly, exactly. And I think you, you've actually talked to me about this before and the fact that I don't think I've ever connected. And I think people out in the audience might have the same thing, like how much time we say, wow, all these plants are going to take so much time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yet every Saturday morning, I have to get up, yep. and I have to spend an hour, an hour and a half, or sure. sometimes I have friends that take two hours oh, to sit on the riding lawnmower. Yeah. Now, uh, you know, a lot of us say, it's our time to be alone. Sure. So we don't want to, I don't know, I'm suggesting if that's what you're using it for, <laughs> then maybe it's the best use of your time. Well, you could always but, go for a walk or something, too. <laughs> right. But but it really is true that we spent, we talk about time, mm-hmm. and and then we, we trade that off with riding on a, a lawnmower or, or pushing a lawnmower. So I think, I think yeah, that's, that is kind of an interesting connector i think something else that we've talked about is you know it used to be curb appeal it used to be i'm i'm building a house all i'm doing is i have a driveway i want people to drive up mm-hmm. and i want to see a couple plants mm-hmm. um except that's that's changed not only if we are outside it's changed in the back mm-hmm. you know that's the interactive space definitely but, but there's been some changes up front too right yeah i th- i think so i think um i think lighting is is one of the big ones um you know illuminating the structure uh, the um, focal points of the front of a house, just the, uh, I mean, we call it curb appeal, of course, um, but more importantly, just how how inviting that space becomes, um, as opposed to walking into something, you know, you're not you're not exactly sure what you're going to, you know, be getting into. You you see this beautiful space that draws you in and uh, puts a smile on your face, and 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 um, you know, and, and improves your mood right off the bat and all you've done is is walk up this uh, this change to hardscape scaping and i say that in a positive way we, we've i've seen this the decks have the decks are still around mm-hmm. don't get me wrong yep. we've seen the, the products of decks change but mm-hmm. we've seen a lot more hardscaping and patios mm-hmm. and gone away from actually just solid concrete yeah um and i know that uh in working with volani in the past you you've mm-hmm. come up with some creative ways that are more on the healthy front. We're not just pouring concrete yes. pads. Can you describe a little bit about sure. what I can do in hardscape? Sure, and and that's a that's a good point because sometimes when in, traditionally when you think of hardscape, you think of uh, um, solid, impermeable surfaces that that aren't able that water everything runs off and goes to a certain area and creates a, a, a problem possibly downstream, so to speak. Uh, there are there are now permeable options. Um, green spaces, it's, it's uh, very important to have something that you can have a large hardscape space, but it can be done with permeable products that really are the same from a percolation standpoint, uh, an opportunity for the uh, water to move down into the soil profile as opposed to run off and create a problem in somebody else's yard or in another part of your own property. Um, it, it basically is treated the same way. The, the water goes down into the, into the soil profile 
and uh, and it stays on the property and limits things like uh, ponding, which can lead to uh, mosquito problems or worse yet, uh, flooding and all the issues that that can create in an urban environment, especially when, when you're flushing everything out into the sewer system and that can get overwhelmed. You're, you're better off holding them, holding that, uh, um, that, that, holding that runoff in that, in, in your personal space, in that where it's, where it's landing, basically. I would also, I think, uh, would you agree that I think visually it's softer? There's a, no question about it. I think, uh, I think that that's, there's a lot of different products now, whether it's a natural stone product or, or whether it's, there's so many endless options for, for beautiful paver, um, designs and styles that we can do that, that, um, we call it paver quilting, and it, uh, it it's it's a beautiful. Uh, it, it can really enhance a, um, a horizontal space that not only is functional but then also beautiful at the same time. Um, I think there's other things too. There's there's rain when you when you you can you can create opportunities. Everybody knows rain barrels. You know you you take a. Um, you take one of your downspouts and you, and you, and you put a 50 gallon drum rain barrel, it, it holds that. And then you can reuse that water. Well, you can also do these chambers within your lawn too. You can, you can excavate out an area and have these, um, chambers that hold that water. And then you can reuse that water, whether it's for a water feature, more importantly, to water your, your plants and, uh, your lawn and not have to rely totally on, um, whether it's a, a well system or or a, uh, a municipal water system, so and I, I think when we've heard we're here, we're here we're definitely hearing that term you know rain garden. Mm-hmm. I think everybody immediately jumps to especially in in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. We mm-hmm. think mosquitoes. Mm-hmm. Is that is that not true, or mm-hmm. is that something that you actually have to be conscious of when you're creating a rain garden? That's a great question because you're thinking, well, if you're just tra- if you're just trapping that water, well, then you're going to have an issue there down the line, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when a rain garden is is professionally and properly designed for the soils. Um, it will hold that water. Now, mosquito larvae take 72 hours to um, become an issue. So if you have standing water for in an area for 72 hours, then you are going to have an opportunity for mosquito issues. If you have, uh, what happens with properly designed rain gardens is they will trap that, they will hold that water and then slowly release it into the subsoil over a 48-hour period usually. Um, depends on the soils. If you have a, you know, we, we have some areas here that have, uh, um, you know, soils that, that can move through water um, in a matter of hours and other ones that take maybe a day or so. But if it, that, that's all proper, that, that's why you need a professional design from it and uh, need to have soil testing. But if that's all done correctly, then you're looking at uh, a product that's, that's going to be beneficial for, for years and not cause any um, you know, side issues with, with, um, mosquitoes, which is obviously our, <laughs> some people might consider it our state bird, right? So, <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I love the term paver quilting. Yes. yes I think, yes. I think it's just, I don't know. I just felt like I was ram or I was wrapped in warmth uh, <laughs> in my outdoor space. So right. I'm definitely going to have to, you know, reuse that paver quilting. I, I love it. I love it. So, so we talked a little bit about hard services. Yes. Um, this idea of a rain garden. Let's let's talk a little bit about the next stage, which should be plantings. There are definitely things, especially in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which is where we're at right now, mm-hmm. um, that we've talked in the past about 
certain types of plants that are native. We mm -hmm. hear this word right now, right? Everybody's like native plants and, mm -hmm. and native plants are to most people jump to it's ugly. You know, <laughs> they're just native. I don't know. Every native plant I've ever seen, it doesn't seem pretty. It doesn't seem, sure. but in talking to you over, over time, you've got a very neat perspective on this idea that, that we should be more in the, in the native plants. However, mm -hmm. you understand kind of the balance that has to be. Yeah. I think um, one of the big terms that, uh, that has come out of the, the native push um, is a term called nativar. So it's a cultivar or a, um, a maybe a more ornamental. It's, it's an improved variety of the straight native species. So you may have a great native plant in its environment, which let's be honest, most of our natural environment here is a, we're, we're a prairie setting or an oak savanna setting. So, um, you know, those, those plants aren't always, they don't always translate into a typical uh, manicured um, residential landscape. So there are nativars, those are cultivars of those offshoots of them that have been improved, whether it's from a flowering standpoint, whether it's from um, just a size standpoint, but ways to incorporate those plants into the, uh, a natural landscape, into the regular residential and commercial landscape, and get the, still get the benefits that natives um, allow us, which are less chemicals, less uh, fertilizers, less uh, insect issues, um, just lower maintenance altogether, less, less water. Um, everything about them, because they are um, acclimated to our climate, to our, our area, um, they just require less than something that uh, is coming from uh, um, outside, uh, outside our zones. So less that again low maintenance that gets gets you back into your low maintenance and and uh, allows you to spend more time uh, whatever it is that you like to do whether it's golf or whether it's spend time with the family uh, uh, take the dog for a walk but uh, um, you know you don't have to be out there um, always tending to uh, a landscape it can be a low maintenance uh, product and be beautiful at the same time. The term low maintenance mm -hmm. I think I think that would be one thing that I, if we could help our, our our listeners describe. Or, or in turn, how to communicate that? Because we've, I get in the architecture building community, I get asked, I, I, I want a no maintenance product. And I would yeah. say there's, there's really no such thing as a no maintenance product. Every product has some layer of maintenance involved. Mm -hmm. So you've used a couple times uh, so far, low, low maintenance. So in, in the terms of the landscape world, what is, what is low maintenance and what would be considered high maintenance? And is that a timing thing or is that just, should, if someone were to come to you and say, I'm, I'm looking to spend, should, is it, I want to spend four hours a month mm. maintaining this versus 12 hours a month? Or, I mean, how does one define the word? And it's, it's tough in our industry because people ask me all the time, but I always say yeah. time. Yeah. Like, can you spend, like right day, right now, we talked <laughs> laughing earlier about the lawn, right? Yes. I spend an hour and a half cutting my lawn right. every week. Right. Well, hour and a half times four. Sure. <laughs> you know, that's, sure. that's a given time frame. Well, on top of that, I'm working on my plants, right? Yep. So, yep. and we all know it. We've all walked past them. I'm, I'm no, I'm no different. It died. It doesn't look good. Mm -hmm. And I've left it there for the half a summer, you know, sure. shouldn't have been there. Like sure. I probably should have cut it out at that some point. So can you, can you elaborate just what would, if I was coming to you, what would be a good thing to help you determine as a landscape architect, what, what low maintenance is to that client? Yeah. And I think, I think, um, oftentimes what, what, is important is that people get a, we, we always, I always try to give them a nice um, maintenance schedule um, afterwards of the plantings, but you can use certain, certain plantings are certainly lower maintenance than other planting. Shrubs are for the most part, uh, 
dwarf shrubs for a urban environment, not planting something that needs to be continually pruned. You see it all the time with older older evergreens, um, whether it's juniper around a foundation or yews around a foundation that you can just, I mean, they're sheared like four <laughs> times a year and they got about that much growth and the rest of it is just woodiness there. So we always like to say right plant, right place. Okay. And I think that's important as far as not only um, visually, but then also long-term maintenance wise. There's a lot of dwarf options, a lot of reblooming options, a lot of uh, disease and insect resistant um, varietals that, that allow you to enjoy them um, without having to feel like you continually have to care for them. Sure, sure. Roses, there's, there's a lot of shrub roses now. I mean, roses traditionally, anybody who's uh, a big rose person, you know, the old tea roses, those beautiful ones, the ones that you, you buy for uh, your significant other, uh, um, you know, those are beautiful plants, but they require so much maintenance. They, I, I even, I, I would, I, I'm not interested in those. There's other options. There's shrub options that rebloom that are disease resistant, that are insect resistant, that give you still that color, that fragrance, that beauty, but do it in a way that I can enjoy it more than I feel I have to interact, um, you know, physically with it and, and uh, um, you know, stay on top of it to make it look great. Another great word, tea roses. Tea roses, yes. Again, Hybrid teas, I am yes, gonna, yes. I'm going to surround teas. myself with paver quilting <laughs> and tea roses. Now, and I, I find it very interesting because when you say... But tea roses are old. Those are right, but they're shrub old, roses right? Are, yes. So, but what I was going to bring up is tea roses remind me of my grandmother who yes. used to spend hours with mm-hmm. her roses... Uh, making sure that they were perfect, you know, for that one time that they that they bloomed. Yep. So yep. It, it doesn't surprise me that we've named them tea roses because my my grandmother used to love tea. So this <laughs> is that's a that, that's a great combination. So what what I'm to kind of wrap the 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 as plant life goes. I would imagine too that with low maintenance, when you when you think through that, obviously you've talked about then. Um, pests or you know these these pests that might come up, bugs, beetles, things sure, like that. Sure. You, if we are conscious about that then that may actually help us not have to use so much in the chemical realm, not mm-hmm. have to constantly be um, adding something to them if we're, if we're very smart about how we design our, our plant life in our backyard, correct? Yes, no question about it. There are certain uh, combinations of plants that uh, um, can benefit uh, um, other plants within the landscape. Um, those, those two together, one may um, attract... Um, a predator of say that uh, pest and by attracting them that this plant can can um, benefit the plant next to it and in a, in a symbiotic relationship there they work off of each other and they nature runs its course and does it on its own and all we have to do is stand back and and make the right decisions initially but then after that just enjoy just see nature in its in its uh, it, it'll it's got its own checks and balances system if we're just able to to understand uh, how how we need to assemble that initially so <laughs> Sounds like the right buddy on, system right. for yeah. for for plants. I yes. absolutely love. I love it. I mean, I, I I actually never even dawned on me that there was such a thing. Oh, so no, no, that yeah. is that is absolutely. That's fantastic. a huge thing. Whether that's um, bringing in um, bats. Bats are you know uh, native bats here. Um, you know, not not the kind that are going to bite you and then you turn into a vampire. But um, <laughs> you know, our our bat species are. I've got uh, some large uh, shade trees in my yard um, here in town and. Um, We've always had bats. 
that come along with that. There's, I want to say, I think there's, there's dozens of different species of bats that are native here to Wisconsin. Simply put, um, mosquitoes, bats, if uh, a, a bat in one evening can eat upwards of a thousand mosquitoes, one bat. So if you have, I'll occasionally have a half a dozen or more you'll see darting around in the yard. So that's five, 6,000 mosquitoes they're eating every night. I don't have a mosquito problem. I don't have to apply anything. Holy smokes. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, having a bat house or, or, or having, an, having something for them that, that you can bring them in is, is uh, into that environment is a great natural uh, deterrent. Excellent. So we, now we've got the, the hardscape a little bit. We've got the, the plants. We've mm-hmm. talked a little bit about rain gardens. Yeah. I think I think the, the next one I, I kind of want to touch base on is is what have you seen as far as I think people are, are turning these. You're talking about living space and mm-hmm. kitchens and everything mm-hmm. else. So obviously we've seen a trend to fire pits. Yeah. Um, we've seen a trend Definitely. to uh, grilling areas, things like that. Are you? Do you have a feeling to why that is? Why why did we feel now this com- this why are we compelled to get out of the house and and create these additional spaces? Well, I think, um, you know, there, it's twofold. Um, just the cost of, of building construction as well. So as opposed to, say, adding what you might have done in the past is add, a, um, you know, a sunroom or something, a large uh, indoor space. The, the cost per square footage of that versus having this outdoor space um, is much more beneficial for the outdoor space. Plus, it just allows us, I think, to get out and interact with nature. And once you're in, I don't, I'd, I'd love to know somebody who gets out in those spaces and, and isn't comfortable I, and isn't, doesn't feel they've, they've enhanced their quality of life for that period of time. It just um, it makes you so at peace and, and, and just allows you to have an extension of your indoor space to the outdoor and uh, really, really take advantage of more square footage without having to... Um, you know, have everybody crammed in the house. You can you can get outside and have garden parties and and have um, you know have that space that uh, uh, people enjoy being in. At, that's here, you know, three four months out of the year. Yeah, and I think it it really uh, kind of building on that is I think it's now it's a space you want to be in. Yes, you know, I think it's one of those things where we had the yes. the green yard and the and the and the swing in the back, but. You know, we'd have a couple of drinks on the deck, and it got sure. dark, and we went, all right, well, yeah. I mean, it's not it's, it's not exciting to be out here. It's not inviting to be out here. I think right. we've seen that change. And I think the the last piece of that that puzzle, which you brought up in the very beginning, was uh, outdoor lighting. I think mm-hmm. that, that that has where we used to traditionally maybe even only see it on the front of the house. You know, it was where cars drove by, and it was like a Christmas lights, right? Sure. Yeah, everybody, oh, yeah, that looks really cool. Yep. But now we've we've realized that some of the intimacy in the evening, so now as, as, as our days in midsummer start to get shorter, mm-hmm. you know, we still want to, it's still warm enough in our climate at the end of the year, towards the end of the year, that we can still be outside. I want to have the ability to see and, and to be actually, as I think you said earlier, which I'd like you to talk a little bit about, is the depth of mm-hmm. my space has changed, right? I'm not just stuck with that coach light yes. on the patio right. door that's horrible shadowing, and every right. time I turn around, I can't even see what's in my hand. Right, right. Um, yeah, it, it, it extends the uh, the landscape into the evening and, and uh, just allows you to, whether, you're, whether there's focal points within that landscape uh, that you're trying to highlight, in the evening, but just to see it, just to see the landscape at night, um, it, it's just a completely different perspective. And it's it's warm, it's inviting, it it extends that space. You're not just stuck up in your patio or your deck. You you can go out into the yard space and and move through it and feel feel comfortable and feel um, you know feel like it's uh, 
it's something that you want to be a part of and, and not just uh, not just retreat back inside just because it's dark. Excellent, excellent. I want everybody to take just a moment here, and if you, if you spend the next five seconds with me, I want you to close your eyes, and I, and I want you to envision looking out your backyard. And what Tyson has said today is think about that concrete pad gone. Think about the, the pavers that are paver quilting across <laughs> there with not solid concrete, with that, that space that you can sit in with the couches, and you've got your rain gardens to each your right and left of you, and you're looking down past your fire pit into a back landscape that's that's got up lighting that we're seeing the trees the and the shadowing bushes, the shadowing and the, and the interest um, of that. And, I, and I, I want you to feel that warmth, and I want you to be able to, to to visualize that form inside your house, and then make. And I can't imagine that right now you're not like I want to be there right now. And that's exactly what Volani Landshapers can do for you. I want you to call them up, talk to, to Tyson Miller, talk to everybody there. They are fantastic. Tyson, thank you for your time today, as always, and we'll see you next time. Sounds great. Thanks for having me. Step Beyond Green's mission is to create healthier indoor environments for us to live and work in. This is one of the ways that we do this. Please like, subscribe, or share this, as well as leave a comment below about this topic, or maybe it's a topic you'd like us to discuss in the future. As always... Stay healthy. We'll see you next time.